global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. 42 minutes to go ahead of the close on a Monday. Stocks are rallying, and this update is brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit Sector SPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR. ETF. S&P 500 index jumped the most in four weeks after the latest polls showed the UK campaign to remain in the European Union is gaining ground before Thursday's referendum. The S&P up 17 points to 2,088, a gain of nine tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 52, a gain of 1.1 percent. Dow Industrials higher by one percent. And now let's head over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. Here he is, Bill Maloney. Good afternoon, Charlie. That's right. Gains in U.S. stocks today as those Brexit fears fade. Over in Europe, the U.K., France, Germany, and Spain all gained 3% or more. Back in the U.S., the S&P cash traded back above its 50-day moving average, and the small cap 600 climbs 11 points. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.67%. Nine out of 10 S&P sectors are higher, led by gains in energy, industrials, and consumer discretionary. Only utilities fell. Dow Transports rise 96, Nasdaq Biotech's gained 33, and the VIX is lower by 10%. Dow leaders included Boeing, Intel, and Goldman Sachs. And in other news, Walmart to buy a 5% stake in JD.com as part of a Chinese deal. Live from the first of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Charlie. All right. Thank you very much, Bill Maloney. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk, S-Q-U-A-W-K on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Early on Saturday over the weekend at the uh, New York State Legislature, they passed a, well, they tried to pass a bill that if signed into law would change the entire landscape of fantasy sports. New York State Senate passing Senate Bill 8153 to regulate interactive fantasy sports contests. A companion bill had been previously passed uh, in the State Assembly. Here to tell us a little bit more about it and the repercussions for the fantasy sports business is Jay Korea. He is the founder and owner of Dreamco Design. He is the author of the book Daily Fantasy Fantasy Sports and is a member of the Legislative Affairs Committee for the Fantasy Sports Trade Association. Jay, thank you very much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Now, there seems to be a bit of a contradiction because, as I said, uh, this bill uh, passed by the uh, Senate and then there's the companion bill that was previously passed by the State Assembly. Um, seems to contradict what uh, New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman uh, issued that cease and desist order last November. What exactly is going on here in the world of fantasy sports business? Sure. So there's no doubt about it. It was definitely a rebuke and one that was uh, good for the industry and for, for consumers on, on the business side and with uh, you know consumers because they're going to have more options in terms of how and where they play. So fantasy sports, it's been around for decades. People have been playing in season-long leagues and whatnot. Daily fantasy sports within the last 
24 months has ramped up as an industry. It's quite large. There are 57 million people in North America that play fantasy sports in some capacity. And daily fantasy sports really caught on. Last year, a lot of people recall seeing ads from FanDuel and DraftKings. So uh, New York Attorney General is really the one that's thrusted into the spotlight as having a negative opinion of the industry and considering it nothing more than a form of gambling. So uh, on the federal end, we have what's called UEJA. Uh, it's a, essentially a carve-out so that operators like FanDuel and DraftKings could exist. Fantasy sports are looked at as games of skill. However, individual states, they can choose what is gambling and what's not. Uh, and the Attorney General in New York thought that it was uh, you know, gambling and it was not a skill-based game. And every state, they determine what the word gambling means in their state. So that's, uh, that's the interesting side of it. So, Jay, this is so interesting, though, that uh, this bill passed by the New York State Senate to regulate interactive fantasy sports contests, a companion bill previously passed in the State Assembly, but this is a big deal. Uh, they started debating Friday night. They went into the wee hours of the morning. They didn't vote yep. till 2 a.m. Uh, this passes. What has stepped up the urgency, and to what extent is this a win for Eric Schneiderman, the New York State Attorney General? How much is it a win for the big fantasy sports players? Sure. So the fight in New York has been going on since the Attorney General came out and said that this is nothing more than gambling and we need to do everything we can to shut down FanDuel, DraftKings, and any other operator. So it's not a new thing. Uh, however, they, did, you know, the state, the state legislator did want to get it done prior to the session ending so that we didn't criminalize people that are playing fantasy sports for money. There was a similar issue unfolding in, in Illinois as well. So it, even though it had the, it has the, the takeaway of this just came up, just happened, this battle has been going on for quite a while. Uh, and there are three core principles that the Fantasy Sports Trade Association and FanDuel DraftKings as well were really looking for and trying to make sure we worked En-ROADS within the state to have happen. We want to make sure that fantasy sports are considered a game of skill. We're fine with basic consumer protections, but we also needed to make sure that there was a fee structure put in place that wasn't going to you know, be the death sentence for a lot of small businesses or create a duopoly. So there were a lot of moving parts behind the scenes that were unfolding over the last few weeks to get the bill where it is today. Can you give us an idea of how much, for example, DraftKings brought in from user fees? Because that seems to be the big moneymaker there. Yeah, so the the way that these operators, these fantasy sport operators make money is they can they keep a percentage. So let's say there's a 10-man uh $10 contest. It's $100 total. Well, 90 would be part of the prize pool and they would keep $10. You know, collectively what the the individual companies are doing it, it varies what you're going to hear from FanDuel or DraftKings. However, they have taken hundreds of millions of dollars uh, over the course of time in deposits. So it certainly is, you know, substantial. Uh, and, you know, to some extent, it's not a surprise. The government wants to get involved because it thinks it can it can cut into. I don't have the, the specifics in front of me, but I do actually have a, a chapter dedicated to the financials in, in the book. Just really quickly, about 10 seconds left. How many people were betting on the big game last night? Uh, the sports betting and yes. fantasy sports fantasy are two very different. Yeah, they're two very different things. They shouldn't have been doing anything like that when it comes to fantasy sports. Uh, both FanDuel and DraftKings definitely have interest in, in going public, so we'll see. Jay Korea, thank you so much. Thanks. Founder and owner of Dreamco Design. He's also the author of Daily Fantasy Sports and a member of the Legislative Affairs Committee for the Fantasy Sports Trade Association. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox. Taking stock 
Bloomberg Radio. Coming up on Taking Stock, Facebook has its annual shareholders meeting. And Peter Thiel, he's going to stay on the board. We're going to find out more about the future of Facebook next. Next. 